Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. A little bit of a hiatus, but we are back with an awesome episode today. Welcome back. Welcome back, Abba. Okay, thank you very much, Nafi. Have a nice suntan. And happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. It was my birthday last week. And um, oh, One second. Isn't today your English birthday? No, listen, it's too confusing for you to have the dates right, you know, so... Um, I know your birthday is, but... Um, yeah, what's my birthday? You, my birthday, January 11th. Oh, wow. One second. Whose birthday is July 31st? Uh, nobody's. Um, yesterday was... So July 30th was Ema's uh, birthday, and... Okay. When was July 22nd, or mine was... Uh, hers was Chesov, and um, and mine was Yudov. Uh, our mothers took uh, Tisha Bob off, apparently. Okay. And I didn't have any children that day. Of course, they're only expecting the two of us, but, uh, you know, here we are, Baruch Hashem, uh, all these generations later, and uh, so far, uh, listen, we've been waiting for this day all our lives, so um, it's... Um, I hear you. It's, uh, it's quite an accomplishment, uh, and, and and here we are. We had a... Uh, listen, it was a, it was a, in retrospect, it was a long, a laborious three weeks, I think, and the nine days, I think, yeah. was uh, kind of intense, and I don't know about... I never know how I'm going to fast on Tisha B'Av, you know, and just never know. So sometimes it's so simple. You've been doing it. You've been doing it for a long time now. You don't have it down to a science. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It's because the guy comes up with the bases loaded and he happens to have 40 home runs. Doesn't mean he's hitting a home run, and 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 hitting a grand slam. He could strike out swinging or looking, depending on. But he's striking out one way or the other. Uh, well, if he's on the mats, if he's on the mats, he's popping up to the pitcher. Well, listen. I know the Mets. The Mets are virtually a uh, a, a, a very common Jewish uh, distortion. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I think they played the Yankees on on Wednesday night, the first night of t- uh, the first dish above night. You know, I was just curious yeah. to see if I would see any um, any yarmulkes in the stands. Uh, did you? Mets Yankee game. I don't know. I didn't. I, I just took a very quick quick look. It was dish above night after all. I just took a quick look. I saw a guy who looked like they weren't shaven, but I wasn't yeah. facing them that they're at the, uh, I mean, the seats are kind of low, you know, uh, if you if you measure that. That's a great halach. That's a great halach debate. <laughs> City Field, are the seats low enough to go to on Tishabar? I think all the stadiums, the seats are kind of low between with the cement. They're anchored in cement. Of course, they're high up when you, when you measure them from the, from the baseball field, but, um, I think, by and large, in terms of sitting on a low seat that's uh, representative of uh, Avelos in mourning, uh, besides the joke that was going around the internet that it's that's what to watch the Mets uh, on Tisha B'Av because it's uh, it is like a, a, a certain type of parallel Avelos. Yeah. What do you What do you make of? They are, they are falling apart. They are full. They have, Listen, he spent a lot of money. Oh, what's his name? Steve Cohen's. Yeah. The owner of the Mets, and um, it it didn't pan out, and um, nobody could have anticipated this uh, for the Mets fans out there who are following this type of thing. But I, I I I know I mentioned it here previously. I lived through a time when the Mets got Willie Mays and Duke Snyder, and they have to sing in New York, especially about getting players after they've peaked already in their careers. They don't have the they don't have the strength and the vitality vital vitality. And the um, and the talent that they had when they were when they when they were young. I, I, I yeah. you know, um, let me tell you that 
you know, every international flight these days has um, a, a, one or two or three sky marshals on board, you know, undercover. No one knows who they are, right? But I yeah. have a friend that used to work for El Al. Yeah. He told me that if you want to be a sky marshal on El Al, you could only up until the age of 27. After 27, by the way, that's you, uh, you're over 27. I guess I can't uh, be a sky marshal after I cross it off my list. After, after the age of 27, you start losing a little bit of your reaction time. Up until really? the age of 27, you're at your peak. So they're not going to take, you know, 42-year-old guys with beer bellies to be a sky marshal, sky marshal on an international flight. So I have to have young, young guys full of vitality and, uh, uh, and quick to, uh, uh, to react. And, uh, anyway, we were, we were on the Mets. But the, yeah. Well, we're, we're, Mets, we're moving. They bring, we're, in, listen, they bring in these naval players, you know, a guy like Max Scherzer, for example. Okay. He now was betrayed to the Texas Rangers for who, you know, for who? a couple of guys that aren't going to be in the majors for three or four years. That's how, that's how much they wanted to get rid of him. Because he lost some of what he had. He's, he's 39 years old. He's been throwing with that arm since he's five years old, probably. You know? How, what do you think he has? I done? just find it amazing. I find it amazing how much money they're paying for him to not play for the Mets. Like, they're, they're giving Texas $35 million over the next couple of years for him to play against for, them. Listen, yeah, for, you, have to, you have to understand a couple of things. First of all, uh, there's a lot of money in baseball, and the um, the television contract alone with um, what channel are the Mets on? SNY. SNY. S- the contract between SNY and uh, or yes, and the Yankees is that itself is worth about five hundred million dollars a year in revenue. Okay, then we're talking about the sponsors and the billboards, and you have the fans and the food sales and the specials. So. You know, it sounds like it is a lot of money, no matter how you look at it, $35 million or $22 million, whichever part of his contract that they're picking up. But in, in the larger realm, it's really uh, a little crumb. I find it I find it to be pretty amazing also. Like, baseball is a very good muscle for, for um, success in general. You know, you take a ball player who hits three, you know, hits his average is 300, and he's considered an all-star. Uh, he might go ahead and and if he bats a whole season and it's hitting 300 his average he might be one of the best hitters in the league but in reality he's 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 not hitting seven out of ten uh at bats he's 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 striking out or popping out three out of ten of the at bats he's he's hitting the ball and that's considered extremely successful that's considered extremely successful that's true in every sport i think it's true in football um no i mean no football, like as a field goal kicker, you gotta your your success rate's gotta be gotta be good. As a, as a quarterback, your completion rate gotta be good. And, but like, what about what about basketball? About three pointers in basketball? If you do 40%. also no, also yeah, forty percent. But like, Who no one in baseball percent. Yeah, but nobody in baseball hits four hundred. It's nobody does that in a, in a in a span of a whole season. My point is. You could you you are getting you you could be failing most of the time, popping out, striking out. You could be failing most of the time, and you're considered successful. Just at about this point in the broadcast, people are saying to themselves, "What is this a daily thread? What are these guys? What's a sports tour? I know. W- yeah. What is the WFAS? Let's talk about what's going on in Israel for a minute. Uh, Amir Tishem will be in Israel next week. Oh, oh really? God willing, lots of Shabbos. 
Uh, nice. For for a week uh, in Israel was uh, interesting. With I'm going with a delegation of people, uh, led by Dr. Joe Frager. Oh, look at you! So fancy going with a delegation. Yes, with uh, former governor and presidential candidate Mike Huckabee. He's been a presidential candidate like since he was born, every single year. Was, now, like yeah, he was only he was only a presidential candidate once. How many times? I don't know. I feel like news from. That's what, where do I get my news from? Accurate. Where do I get my news from? <laughs> From X. You, you mean X? Yeah, what's with X. that? That, that? What is with that? What is, what is Elon doing? Obviously, for those listening, not sure what's going on, Twitter, which Elon Musk purchased for, what, $44 billion, has just rebranded itself to be called X. Now, of course, we change, know... You want them to change e- the name. Elon Musk, we know, owns SpaceX. Um, so I guess maybe he wanted to find a common thread through all of his companies and just call it X. It's an interesting logo. He designed such a Stamen X. It's an interesting logo if you saw it. Hey, I did. It's for me. It's not doing it. It's just not doing it. But yeah, any kid, any kid could have designed something like that, uh, frankly. But it uh, has a certain uh, uh, look to it, uh, and it, it makes it, it makes an impression. Uh, but I wanted to say about uh, what's going on in Israel. Of course, um, there, there there's a tremendous amount of dilemmas going on, but. Um, there's a big disagreement, which is right, right down the middle, uh, about uh, you know, on about uh, judicial reform, which you don't like to hear that word because it's a buzzword for you to start closing your eyes and storing for some reason. Although it's extremely, extremely important, is it? So try, try to stay awake. Yeah, it is. In, uh, in any way, is it going to be affecting your trip when you're going next week? Yeah, it could. It could. I know people that went in the last few weeks they had trouble getting out of the airport. Because the protesters were blocking the roads from the airport, the people had trouble getting into the airports. But it's it died down first of all. Because today's the last day of the Knesset session, and now the members of the Knesset, the Knesset is off until after Sukkot. They're off until mid-October, until uh, until Sukkot is over. So hopefully, the protesters are going to die down. Uh, but there's still, um, but but the the hot talk really is now. Uh, whether Israel is going to be able to establish diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia. And um, so the Biden administration, which is trying to facilitate that process, um, if they last, because they're in deep, deep uh, trouble, um, uh, the, the question is whether um, the question is uh, whether uh, they could, um, the Saudis want, uh, they don't want a Palestinian state. They don't, at the same time, they don't want Israel to extend Israeli law to Judea and Samaria. They want Judea and Samaria to remain under its current status, which is, quote-unquote, disputed territories. Okay? So it's disputed territories. This is not putting, this is not, this topic doesn't put you to sleep? No, this is very fascinating stuff. Uh, I'm, I don't want to offend you in any way, but... Uh, if Israel could have diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia, it's a game changer in the Middle East. Changed everything. Saudi Arabia holds the uh, the power in in the Middle East. They're the richest Arab country. Tremendous amount of oil. They have relationships with Iran. They have relationships with Russia. Um, it's great for Israel. But on the, on the other hand, the the right wingers, the Ben Gvirs, the Itamar Ben Gvir, who I hope to meet with next week, God willing, the, the Ben Gvirs and the other right wing. Uh, um, leaders in the Knesset, they just want to take over Eretz Yisrael, uh, according to how they interpret what the land of Israel should be. 
and uh, they don't uh, want to hear about any uh, other uh, outside uh, influences. Uh, Hashem will watch over Eretz Yisrael, uh, and they uh, could just about, you know, just do what has to be done, take over these territories, and if Saudi Arabia wants to make uh, this, uh, uh, a diplomatic relationship with Israel, they'll do it, because there's a lot in it for the Saudis. Arab countries are very backward uh, technologically. They have a lot of oil, and they have some pretty nice costumes that a lot of people wear on Purim, especially around here. And um, but uh, they need Israel's technology and their great, yeah. uh, great advances. So that's speaking uh, of Israel. I was in that's a drama. I, w- like, I was in camp now. I was in Camp Pass yesterday, and they had Experience Day. It was beautiful. But I met somebody there. His name was Nechemia Malinowitz from Eretz Hakodesh, um, and he was. And he was there with, I forget, I forget his last name, Sar Shalom something. Okay, you know. What I'm anyway. Anyways, Sar Shalom uh, works on the behalf of the Kakal. Uh, the Kakal has eight billion dollars in shekel to distribute to different organizations um, that help Jewry, and Eretz Hakodesh is lobbying for the Jews in the diaspora in America to get some of that money, to, to some of our organizations to get some of that money. So they flew yesterday to Camp Hask, Nechemia Malinowitz from Eretz HaKodesh with Sar Shalom, and they met with Ravu de Michelle, and they went to see, because they did allocate um, some of the money to Camp Hask, be it a very, very small amount of money compared to their 8 billion shekel that they distribute, which, from my understanding, by and large, goes to very unimportant causes and things that really don't affect, you know, Jewish life all that much. And um, finally, they're, they're, they're lobbying to have this money, you know, Nechemia Malinowitz, Pesach Lerner, um, to have some of this yeah. money. So, so now you see how important the dynamics of Israeli politics is, because you're right. Uh, Arisa Kodesh and the other organizations are part of the World Zionist Organization, the WZO, which has been largely over the years neglected yeah, well, they only got twenty thousand votes last last time. That is very little. You you know you know why? Because our community is so narrow minded. By and large, when they hear the word Zionist, they start trembling. They think it means secular Zionism, anti Torah, Tzilus Shabbos, but it doesn't mean that. It's the name of an organization, I guess, allocated by the Israeli government a tremendous amount of money. And finally, Rabbi Lerner, Rabbi Malinowitz grabbed the bull by the horn, so to speak, a few years ago. Uh, campaign to get all the uh, the from schools and the shuls involved to, uh, to 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 vote and get people in the uh, World Zionist organization uh, to be able to allocate uh, money accordingly. So some Torah-based organizations, some from organizations like Camp Ask, which is a holy holy place, can get a, a piece of that pie. Well, to, well, I yeah to reform to reform a conservative uh, Jewish uh, causes. And I and I asked him. I said, like, you guys just only got twenty thousand votes. How come? How come we didn't get more? He said, there's there are still communities or abundant that are that are against them because they are a world Zionist organization. But you know what? A guy like Pesach Learner, a guy like Nechemia Molinowitz, like they're they they're Haredi. <laughs> like they're they don't, they're know them. But they're regular from Yiddin. The population in general doesn't know that they they they've been trained when they hear the word Zionist. They freeze, and they're not frozen, and they run in the other direction. 
So he's hoping that next time that they're on the ballot, they'll get 100,000 votes. I think it's extremely important. Like, this is, again, 8 billion shekel, and most of it is being given out to reform and conservative causes. That is a right. that is a chaval. That is a chaval. Nachi, well, you, you, you should be a delegate in the next... I was a delegate. I think I, I think I was a delegate in the last one. I think. Well, you should you should become a serious delegate in the next one then, and campaign. You have access to about uh, half a million people. Uh, you should you should uh, you should campaign to get those people to vote. You could you could. Uh, uh, remember what uh, David Hollander said to me when he was in the nursing home. What did he say to me? You have the power. You have the power to change the world. He was talking, and he was here. You heard it for a reason. He was talking yeah. to you. He was looking at me, but he was talking to you. He said, you have the power to change the world. So, yeah. to, you know, I guess he was saying a little bit of, a little bit of prophecy because it was about 10 years ago, and I guess we didn't know at the time, you know, how, how adept that social media, which direction it would go in and the tremendous role that it's, uh, the, that it's filling. Yeah, uh, you, you know. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch all seven uh, above uh, no uh, uh, videos? Seven? No, I didn't. I didn't. I I was very busy on above Obviously, in the morning, I was by Kinnis, and then you know we had a lot of programming going throughout the day, both on Instagram. We had a kids show by Moritz Siri Price on YouTube, and we had a lot of programming going on. But I wanted to discuss uh, something that came out. This past week, which I've been getting a lot of feedback about, and I had no idea it was coming out until people started calling me about it. But I was I was on headlines by David Lustenstein. I was interviewed. He did an episode about uh, influencers and at what point is an influencer responsible for you know if let's say an influencer promotes something and that product or that service or that item ends up being a scam or it ends up being not what they promoted. Are they liable for that? Ron? Yeah, you, you didn't know that? You didn't tell me. You didn't mention a word about it. I I, I was on, yeah. I know. How can I know? You can send me a text. I can send you a, I can send you a, I can send you a link. Is it, any time? Is it available anytime? Yeah, yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify. I can send it to you. Name headlines this past weekend? I'll send, I'll send you a link. But anyways, like, you know, because there was a story in the Jewish world recently where a, an influencer um, promoted a a stock advisor or an investor um, out of Lakewood, and he promoted it very heavy that people should invest their money with him. And it turned out to be that this guy wasn't all that, you know, the the, the investor wasn't all that he made out to be. So the, the, he had my, he had me on, he had Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg on, he had another, I think Rabbi Michal Frank on. He had a different influencer on. So David Lichtenstein was trying to find out really how vast the influencer market is. And and my my response to him when he pushed about is it is it wrong? Is it promoting opulence? Is it something that we should, you know, move away from? My response to him was, to be honest, if you open up any newspaper or any magazine, it's the same thing. Why is it any different? If I open up Mishpachar Ami, the first 15 pages are all full-page ads for Pesach in Dubai or uh, Culinary Chef at Home or buying this or buying that. Why is it any different than an influencer getting up there and promoting something? Um, Listen, and, uh, you know, uh, go ahead, sorry. And, and then I and, I and I went as far as to say that 
you know, the thing that the very thing that he's doing is influencing as well. He's 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 an influencer. But he he said, uh, I'm not I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling steakhouses. I'm not selling Pesach hotels. What I didn't say, which I thought about after, which I, I w- would have wanted to say and I'll say right now is that everyone is always selling something. Even right here in the Daily Thread, what are we selling? We're selling ideas. We're selling opinions. David Lichtenstein on headlines is selling ideas and ideology and opinions. Of course, you know what they say: if if you're not sure what the if you're not sure what you're being sold, then you're the product. <laughs> you know, then then you're you're being sold. You know, you're being used for advertising money. Or if you come across a situation in life that you don't understand, that you want to try to figure it out, just follow the money. No, uh, there has to be money involved in it somewhere. That's if you don't understand it. Doesn't right. have to. So, be. so, so, so my, my motivation. My my response, all all in all, was, listen. Everyone's got to use their brain nowadays. If an influencer some says somebody, or someone has a lot of followers says somebody, it doesn't mean you need to listen. You don't need to just take things for face value. Take everything with a grain of salt. Do your due diligence. Do your research. Just because someone says invest doesn't mean you invest. Just because someone says. Uh, you need to wear, you know, this type of shirt or that type of pants. Doesn't mean you need to do that. You need to do your due diligence. Uh, and you look at look at Tom look at Tom Brady and uh, FTX, right? FTX, yeah. He, he, listen, he endorsed it. He vouched for it for a reason. He did television commercials. He said it's the best investment. He's deeply he got fifty. He had fifty million dollars invested in it, which is probably lost. And people are suing him. He's being sued. yeah. I know he's in trouble, and so is. So is Shaquille O'Neal in trouble, and so is like many of these of these influencers. So, so that's what David Luxenstein was sort of asking: like, should influencers in the Jewish world be held accountable for promoting something that that ultimately uh, it goes poof? What do you think? Well, listen, you know what? You have influences on different levels, not as technologically advanced as we have today. You know, you can find an adult uh, in his forties or fifties walking around and. You could say the greatest influence in his life was his third grade Rebbe, for example. You know, uh, a yeah. Rebbe or a teacher standing in front of a class is also an influencer. You know, how you how you talk to a kid, uh, how you teach them, uh, how you treat them. Um, on a more primitive, more elementary level, um, they are also influencers. Not on such a vast global level like what the um, what, what the internet is able to to accomplish, but. You're absolutely right. You can't uh, become intoxicated with these ideas. You can't become drunk with these ideas. You have to use your own brain, uh, which uh, is not such a simple thing. You know, uh, a brain is just a muscle in the body. It has to be exercised. It has to be uh, used uh, uh, properly, I think. And um, I guess as a last resort, when you fall into one of these situations, I guess there's no, if there's no recourse, then you go ahead and you join a lawsuit. But these things will drag on for a decade or more. That you have to, I was saying, you have to use your own, um, your own mind, and you have to be discerning. And especially after all this time, you have to know that if someone comes across with an idea that sounds uh, too good to be true, then it's too good to be true, and you have to resist that temptation of thinking that it's going to, um, you know, make you all kinds of wild, impossible types of money. And uh, unfortunately, there were a lot of situations like that reported about uh, very, uh, very recently, right? Uh, yeah. Where people... Listen, lost everyone, everyone's got to just, you know... It's usually smart. think about these, the, these Ponzi schemes is that you, you, the, the little guy that usually gets hurt. It's the guy that is working hard for a living. It's the guy that 
uh, just made uh, thirty or forty thousand dollars at his wedding, you know, and he convinces his wife or that if he puts the money away for six months with this guy that he davens with in shul, he's going to have a hundred fifty thousand dollars in five months. Not going to, you know, what he's going to have in five months. He's going to have zero dollars in five months, uh, usually. Yep. Got to be smart. Got to be smart. Got to really, really do your due diligence. That's uh, that. That was my takeaway. That was my my advice. It doesn't matter what anyone is promising. It doesn't matter what they're saying. The only thing you really could take to the bank and really know is that Collars and Co is the best shirt on the market. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I, I listen. I get paid to promote items. Would I lie if I receive an item and I don't think it's good? I am not going to lie about it. I'll just tell the the company I don't think it's a good fit. I happen to think Collars & Co. is a great shirt company. I happen to think Sensible Marketing, Shimmy J, does a great job at what he does. Does that mean that you need Does that mean that you need to listen to me blindly and 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 put put all your money on them? No. Do your due diligence, do your research, but I'm making a suggestion. And I'm not lying and you don't like if there's a full page ad in the Five Towns Jewish Times or Rishbach or Ami for a Pesach hotel, and the Pesach hotel ends up not happening, can people go to Mishpacha and say, you advertised for this program, it didn't happen? Or, well, they, I, no? I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that was never tried. Uh, we did get some calls about that sometimes, very, very few, thankfully. But uh, the fact of the matter is uh, uh, that we have a disclaimer in the paper somewhere, very Do small, you? tiny, tiny print, very <laughs> microscopic print in there somewhere, <laughs> which says that we're not responsible for what it says in the, in the people buy advertising space and we exercise a certain amount of responsibility within the parameters of halacha to make sure that it's acceptable to the to the not to everybody. Not everything is acceptable to everyone, but yeah. listen, if, if if I advertise bananas on sale in a supermarket and I have to not like the bananas, you know, do I not advertise it because I don't like bananas? Does everybody have to uh, adhere to whatever my personal uh, standard is? I think there's a there is a fundamental base standard in the firm community that everyone pretty much uh, adheres to. But uh, that doesn't mean that um, you can't have within those parameters a little bit of a bit, a little bit of di- diversification. Yeah, so everyone could really be smart, do your due diligence. Uh, we're so happy to be back here on The Daily Thread. Of course, if you want to have your input on our episodes of The Daily Thread, go to speakpipe.com forward slash Meaningful Minute and leave us a message, leave us a voicemail. We'd love to answer your question. It could be about a variety of different topics or stories. Um, Abba could give you some advice if you need advice. So leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash Meaningful Minute. We can't wait to have another episode coming your way. Minyana. Um, any last words over here? Sometime sometime this week, God willing. Yeah. We're on, we're on, we're on, we're on a summer schedule. Uh, yeah. You know, I saw Ben Shapiro was like not putting out episodes every day during the summer. He's like putting out once a week. Really? Whatever. We're just like Ben. We're just like, I, I, I looked at his show yesterday on Spotify and there was like one yesterday, one last week. I don't know. Listen, there, there, there is no, uh, first of all, the internet's not like a major radio network or a major television station where you expect the news every night at 6.30 p.m., you know? Uh, it, it's it's the internet. You know what? I, 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 I I stand corrected. Uh, Thirty minutes. You can run a show for th- for three hours. Yeah, I stand corrected. Ben Shapiro does have a show every day. I don't know what I I don't know what I saw. He does have a show every day. 
to be honest, like there, you know, there are some podcasters that literally can record for three hours and 15 minutes. And I'm just like yeah, in like, awe of it. Like Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan. Even Dubba by Shefkin. Dubba by Shefkin put out an episode last week for Tishabov. It was three hours and 18 minutes. I can't sit for three hours and 18 I minutes. I, I, you know what? I think that if we had nothing else on our minds and weren't distracted with so many things and, and we had a lot of sponsors and we're making a lot of money from uh, a podcast like this who had a contract. With Spotify for a hundred million dollars, like Joe Rogan does, I don't think you have a problem sitting here and just bantering on different topics for uh, for two or three hours. You have to work yourself up to it, of course. Yeah, but uh, let's see if anybody wants to hear us for three hours a day. Let's see if we could uh, get someone to underwrite uh, that uh, yeah. that effort, and we will experiment with it. If you if you yes, absolutely. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Daily Thud WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description. Make sure to leave us a message at speakpipe.com forward slash Meaningful Minute. We look forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day, everybody.